What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hardcore Troubadour. I'm Brian Wallace. And I'm Tyler Short for the second time. For the second time, take two. We're doing this. It's happening. Spectrum and Verizon and all of our other corporate bastard overlords are going to help us see this one through. Um, Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. But Tyler, you were telling me a few minutes ago in in footage that, is it called footage when it's audio? I don't don't know know. what you'd call that. Yeah. In in recorded material that our listeners would probably never hear, you were telling me how fucking stoked you are. Yes, I am. Why why are you stoked today? Because this record rules. This record rules. This record is El Corazon um, by none other than Steve Earle. Um, and this no is Dukes. One of, no Dukes and every song written by Steve. He Some collaborators, but no covers mm-hmm. on this one. Um, so we're excited to dig into that one tonight. And we thank you as always for coming on this journey with us. But before we get into that, Tyler, what's been going on, man? Um, I mean, other than we played, uh, Inclination played Disorder, House of Disorder Fest in uh, Atlanta. Yeah. And uh, that was pretty cool. Sick. New world man, dude. Dude, new world man. What a thing. What a thing. And that's a na- thing. Named after a rush song. You can't beat it. It's it's I I I thought the name was was silly. And then I listened to it and I was like, nah, this makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. So yeah. that's it's it's Mike Shaw from Mind Force. Um who else is in that band? That folks um, so um Heath, who plays in Invoke, mm-hmm. plays drums. Ridge sings. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. I think, I think Body might have played guitar. Mm. I think, I think okay. at least the other day. Yeah. And um, um. Oh my God, I'm just Jared. Uh, he played in uh, he played in this band Overlooked that another mistake did a split with, uh-huh. but he was also in a uh, Society Sucker. Yeah. From uh, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. He plays uh, bass. God, just forgot Jared's name for a second. <laughs> I hadn't seen him in years, so it was like super cool to see him. Uh, and I was excited. And also, I can't remember if I've... I think he played drums in Society Sucker, so I can't remember if I've ever seen him play a stringed instrument. But uh, it was a mess, but it was a wonderful mess. That's awesome. I haven't seen fantastic. them live yet. I, I, I hope... I, I'm sure I'll get a chance to this summer. They did... Um, uh, really they covered my favorite Killing Time song. Which and, song? Um, what I want. Oh, nice. Yeah, good. Got it's, the Seekers um, riff. Yeah, dude. And it's my I'm, favorite riff. I'm glad to hear. Um, I mean, I love any Killing Time cover, but I'm I'm glad when when somebody goes for something other than the couple of obvious ones, or, backtrack, or uh, fucking. Um, uh, yeah, I know. I'm 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 blanking right now on other bright side time songs. Bright, bright side. side, or there's <laughs> there's the other one, the the one that another mistake used to do. I'm blanking on its name right now. Um, do you know what I I kept? Do you know what I kept thinking when I was trying to come up with bright side? I kept thinking about killers, Mr. killers, because I was thinking about Mister Fucking Brightside by the Killers. That's where that's where my mind is. Um, dude, that's fair enough. Fair enough, dude. I love Killing Time. Telltale. That's the song Telltale. that I used to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the one I see the most of. What I get in my head all the time is dun 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 It's great. And you know what's and you know what's happening. Perfect. Um that rules, dude. Atlanta rules. Fuck yeah. 
yeah it was a cool it was a cool show we uh we we got by okay i bruised the shit out of my heel kicking somebody in the head of course you did. um <laughs> but uh but yeah it was great pain of truth is great Fuck as yeah. always it Dude. was uh wouldn't it, it, it wouldn't be an inclination or a constraint gig if you didn't get the Tyler Short injury report after the after the gig. Um, True. I mean, was the person's head okay, or did most of the damage go to your heel? Man, so I I don't know how both of the people I did this to were okay. Um, the first kid I did it to, I really didn't mean to get him in the head, and then the second kid I did it to, I got him while he was stage diving. So I, I spin kicked into the side as he was diving. And while I was in the air, I was like, there's no way I'm going to clip this kid. Right. And then right. just right on the side of his head while he was on top of people. So it was like a two he stage dove into the spin kick two opposing forces meeting. Like well, that. actually we're going the same directions. Oh, interesting. <laughs> How I, I, yeah. Legit. I'm interested if there's video. Of yeah. How it even, how it even transpired. I know I, just from, from like a physics perspective, I want to, yeah study this i was chasing him essentially <laughs> <laughs> you're there was a force and you didn't realize it but your foot was drawn to it like yeah. a magnet yeah that's incredible i suck nah. i suck that's the end of that story is i suck hey all right yeah i'm sure he's fine oh no he's kept diving so he was he was yeah. uh, i don't see how he was fine but he was fine yeah i guess i got a light touch with my uh it's either that or is, you know, going off of adrenaline and it wasn't until later when he was all alone that the pain set in. We'll Maybe. See. Some kid got uh, TKO'd during our first song. First song. Right in front wow. of my eyes. Oh, and wow. I felt so bad. <laughs> because that we just kept playing. And I was like, I mean, nobody, what else are you gonna nobody in the band is aware that this kid is getting carried out right now. Um, I mean, you yeah. know. He was fine. Uh, though. Yeah, he was fine. Sure, it's fine. It's so funny how like I've evolved on stuff like that. He used to be like, "Stop playing," and now I'm just like, "What are you gonna do? What's gonna? How's that gonna help anything?" Yeah, <laughs> it's not gonna make him get better faster. No, just keep playing the song. You know, like don't, um, dude. I'm glad it was a good time though. It was, it was awesome. awesome. How are things going for you, man? Just you know, just fucking spin kicks and stage same and shit, same pretty much yeah uh nice. no my yeah my kid did get me pretty good in the face the other night um so you know it was an accident but he had some force behind it so you know i gotta watch out for that no, i mean i mean i'm exhausted but things are good i started a new job it's uh it's work so it sucks but as far as work goes could definitely be worse the p i like the people i'm working with that's good. And it's interesting shit. I just wish there wasn't as much of it. You know what I mean? I mean, isn't um, that the, the, the case with any job? Right. No, it's true. I know. I've had jobs before where I just truly didn't like any of the things I was doing. Yeah, true. This is one where I'd be like, I genuinely enjoy aspects of this. I just wish I had about half as much of it to do on a given I day. mean, I would say I, I genuinely enjoy my job. I just wish I did it three days a week instead of six. Yeah, exactly. Yep. That makes sense. Which we were we we were opining over when our my internet kicked out, but this is the fourth time we've tried to record this episode. Right. And I was saying that it's usually, I mean, 90% of the time, if we need to reschedule recording, it's my fault. Um, but then Tyler, you were about to say something. Well, I had to work that's overnight for a uh a corporate visit. Oh and that's why we couldn't record that uh Wednesday night 
Um, and then we rescheduled for Thursday night, which you then couldn't do that's last right. minute. But thank God you couldn't because I actually had food on the way when you texted me saying we're going to have to reschedule. And I had totally not realized that I only had 45 minutes to like eat dinner. Well, God and forbid. I'm not the fastest eater, so I would have yeah. uh, I would have been cutting it close. And um, I had totally forgot that we were recording when Dude. you were alerted me that we so i would have probably made us postpone well you're welcome because god forbid i would ever interrupt anyone's meal time yeah that's that's fucking sacred there's there's very few things that a person gets that they can you know truly savor so yeah fuck yeah man but yeah it's all right and then i think the third time just taking care of my niece sister-in-law's flight was late that was a mess um the good news is my niece and my son like love each other. He was so sad when he got up the next day and she was gone. Oh, um, no. But they're like, they're good buddies and it's good to have them close by. And the other cool thing about my new job is I can fucking walk there. So that, that is that's sick. been nice. It's like, it's and the timing's great too. Cause the weather's been fucking great. So I get a nice walk there and back every day and listen to stuff. And so it's all good, man. Like, Before it gets ungodly hot in New York, and yeah, and that doesn't bother me as much as the cold, though. Frankly, like I mean, you know, the the cold is what gets me, but um, yeah, man, but fucking listening to music and very excited to talk about this record. I've it's listened our... to this record so many times, dude. I have now too because that was the other, the the postponements helped me to put in some extra time. So many more times. I, and let me just say this, man. I mean, I've shared this. Like, I've got, I think I had shared, I had a gap in a lot of, like, before we started doing this project, the the Steve stuff, where, like, earlier stuff I was deeply immersed in, and then the stuff from, like, the revolution starts now mm -hmm. onward, I was really into. That stuff I had kind of, like, picked up as it was coming out, Yeah, you know? This period in the middle here... Dude, I was totally unfamiliar with this record. That's amazing. I'm what? so I'm so excited to talk about this with a person who's just found yeah. it. Yeah. And like I'm so glad I did, but like what a mistake, man, because fuck. What have I been doing for the last 26 years missing this record from my life? Um <laughs> I did, did a little quick math there. Yeah. That's how old the record is. Um but yeah, I'm I'm so stoked to talk about it because there's there's a lot that I really love and a lot that's the, the some of the things I always love about Steve, but then some like newer and innovative stuff too. Um, now for sure, this record like I feel all right, and even probably like Train of Coming, if there weren't other records I just like so much more, this could be a top five for me. It's definitely yeah. a top ten. It is, it has pushed me. I mean, I've still got more to go to like be a, to be able to take a fully comprehensive look here, but it's definitely pushing some of my rankings around. Um, yeah, it's with where it it's a good in. one. I, yeah. uh, I have, um, say one, one thing I, I, I had a thought on one of my many listens since we've been, um, postponing this episode is, um, I think this is a great, if you've never heard Steve Earle before, mm. introduction to Steve Earle record. Yeah. I think he does things on this record that you find on previous records 
and future records. That's such a good point. It's got a little bit of like everything he's great at. It's like your greatest hits. Yeah. But all the songs of are just all... on this, but it's just the sounds. Yeah. Great, greatest sounds. He gives a sampling of kind of like every every style that he can fucking nail. Right. Yep. Um, and then lyrically too, it scratches like all the mm -hmm. itches for me. Absolutely. It scratches, it scratches the political like pro union itch. It scratches the like, rock and roll, rock and roll. It scratches the lonely love song, like the blues, uh, the, and... the, the folk songs, the like bluegrass and he gets bluegrass on this, on this record. It's, uh, it's got a lot, it's got a lot going on. It's very, it really cool. does. And it were, and, and, you know, we'll start talking about the, the songs here, but like, I know other records like that, right. Where after listening, you're like, what were they trying to do? That was all over the place, you mm -hmm. know? And that's not what this is. So th that no. makes it even more impressive. Cause I'm just thinking about, you know, times where it's like, I've had like thinking about times I've had the conversation with friends and being like, there's some good stuff here, but this band needs to figure out who they are, yeah. you know? And like, because they're trying four or five different styles and, and it's kind of seeing what sticks. Steve in a way is doing like so many different styles in this record, but it all still really flows well together and all that, still feels like him. I think this record works as a Steve Earl record too, because of that. Mm. Like, because it's not like a Duke's record. It's it is a Steve Earl record, and it's clear that this is a vision he had for these songs. And yeah, I guess the producer did as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, who I read a little bit about, um, Mr. Kennedy, um, as I was like looking into this record. The other th thing that I would say, which just again, it makes it kind of like you know just wild that this wasn't one of the records that was really ever on my radar, the Associated Press music writers voted this one of the 10 best pop albums of the nineties. Um, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And I mean, clearly like, so these I are, saw, I saw that too. Yeah. These are music critics. Right. And obviously they weren't basing anything off of like fucking billboard sales or anything mm -hmm. like that. But like that, that, that tells you something about how good, but also accessible the record is that, I'm like, saying this would yeah. this is a place to start. Yeah, I really can see that. I can see that. Well, Tyler, before we dive into the songs, is there is there anything else from your studies that would be relevant to share here? Yes, for sure. And like there's a few things to like just contextualize this for Steve's life at this point. Yep. Towns is dead. And he just recently passed. Yes. And beginning got... of the, this year, right? Yes, I've got something for uh from uh Peter Rowan um wrote wrote a story about towns and I've got or this is like a a story about towns that is chronicled in this book. Mm -hmm. Um but one thing for towns life uh and death is 44 years to the day when his hero Hank Williams died. Towns died. Whoa, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um so um yeah, so Rowan has a photo of him in Towns on stage somewhere down in Arkansas in the hills. He's struck by the look on Towns' face, one familiar to him, a look telegraphed the sense of mortality. At the, and at the same time, there was a little vibe of immortality. If you said, well, Towns, see you in the morning, want to have breakfast? He'd just look at you like, Pete, you know there's no tomorrow. He'd just give you this look and it would just shoot through you like, we, can, we can't even bullshit about tomorrow. Damn. 
Yeah. Like wow. I, th I, I think that's so like, that's so telling for yeah. like the kind of person that Towns Van Zandt was. Mm -hmm. And it makes so much sense that he was just this person who would disappear for like months sometimes. Right. And nobody knew where he was. Right. He was, he was nowhere and everywhere all at once. Yeah. Right. Cause I mean, that's, I mean, they, they he talks about it in, in, in this record. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, God damn. but yeah, so there's that. And then I don't know if you will, a different towns. Um, mm. I don't know if you've ever heard this story, but around this time, Steve did a tour that he kind of made Justin tag along on mm -hmm. Justin towns are all his son for those who aren't as huge dorks like us. Yeah. And me just saying Justin might not click with somebody who we're talking about. But um, so his son had to tag along on this on this tour. And it's around the time. Have you heard the the Justin gun story about him stealing Steve's gun? Did I watch Steve give an interview about he's this? He's definitely given he's he's told yeah. this story multiple times because anytime he talks about how he kind of changed his mind on it his own views on on guns on guns this was yeah. the story because so this this story of him justin stealing his gun hiding it in his room and steve not being able to find it and then kind of he like you know kicked justin out to like a like a boys camp or some shit mm -hmm. and then when he got home he like was able to find where like justin had like moved like a tile or something and like hid the gun behind it mm -hmm. and um but yeah this is that story happens right now. Okay. Wow. And, and this is where it happens in his life. And Justin at that it was what about like 15 14. years old? 14. 14. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, apparently he was just a nightmare to have on tour. Oh man. Like he was just getting into so much shit. I mean, I time. can any 14 year old probably, but then absolutely what we know about him. Like, yeah, like I can... Steve, I can see how you really wanted this to be a good idea, but yeah, it was it, never going to be. <laughs> it was never going to be. Wow. Yeah. Oh, what an intense time. And I mean, and he's and and Steve is handling all of this sober. Um, yes. You know, which um, probably for the best. Oh, absolutely for the best because this is some. That's some trauma. Both losing towns and then you know, even anything around like raising a teenager, but especially with the kind of trouble that Justin was getting into. Um, I'm sure everything in his body was telling him just tune this out. <laughs> oh, totally. Or, and you know, just hell, I'm just imagining too the, like, this is all projection, but I'm imagining there's something here about like Steve recognizing that at, at different points earlier in Justin's life, when he wasn't able to be there for him and et cetera, et cetera. And so they're wanting to be this, like, mm -hmm. let me take you on the road, man. Let's like, kind of, you know, make up for these last time. Yeah. It's like, and... well, if only you'd gotten this when he was going to be more appreciative of this time with his dad. Now he just wants you to fuck off. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like you're not, this is not the period of time where you want to hang out with your dad all the time. Right. Yeah. So uh, even if your dad is Steve Earl, um, you'll come to appreciate that later in your life, but not when you're 14. So fuck man. Yeah. That's really, that's really important and helpful context too. Yes. I'm just thinking about all that went into this record. Um, and um, there's another thing. So for this, um, so Mark Stewart, his sister's husband, mm -hmm. um, I guess he felt slighted 
on um on the uh I feel all right in El Corazon uh like sessions that they did. Hmm. And he was um I think because he thought he was gonna get to like play like electric, and I guess he got stuck playing like a lot of buried instruments. Mm. So he felt like a little shitty about this. And I think this might be like why when you when Mark looks back on Steve, like he was there for him and all these great times, but like they don't get along now. And I think it's because he had like all these opportunities to play with Steve and record with Steve. But like he basically kind of got like he was the one who was manning the organ at that live concert where we both were like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Yeah. he was he got stuck doing that and he yeah. stuck, like he just got stuck doing a bunch of instruments that like he either wasn't that proficient in or like he just like was getting buried in the mix so it, like didn't really benefit him to like get these opportunities because he kind of was just like a dude interesting than actually getting to be a player and he and i think him being the guy who was like I don't know, like taking care of Steve when he maybe, was at his lowest points. Yeah. Maybe he felt like he deserved a little bit more. Um, but yeah. Um, I could see there maybe, being some feelings of resentment there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so as far as Ray Kennedy goes, um, what all, what all do you have that you, you found on this guy? Cause I've I mean, got a couple things too. It's, I mean, really just, you know, that there's this is part of a time period when Steve and Ray's sort of like, you know, um, teaming up as a real like producer unit. What do they call themselves? The, the Twang Trust. The Twang Trust. Yeah. Um, and I, I had not made the connection before until after listening, but um, Siobhan Mark Kennedy, who, mm-hmm. who does the duet with Steve on Poison Lovers, that's Ray Kennedy's wife. Yes. Um, Which I'd and, never heard that name until watching Succession. So it was very weird for that name to come up in this. So I was like, I was like, I was sitting there reading the book and I was like, Ashton, you're not going to believe this. There's, there's a character in this, in this, in this book. <laughs> oh, the name Siobhan? <laughs> Siobhan. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, I mean, it's a beautiful Irish name that, that a lot of people mispronounce all the time. Yeah. Um, I've, I mean, this is probably just my old Irish Catholic upbringing. I was like, I've known quite a few Siobhans actually, but there's that um yep and, never uh, literally never heard it till watching succession yeah it's not and i also um i my next door neighbor is a sersha which people often a lot of people get it now because of sersha ronan the actress oh but, that's um, how you pronounce that name yeah, sersha is Ooh. the name yeah yeah. I mean, because these are all. But I've the, never said that out loud. Yeah, these are all. Yeah, people are like Sayorsi. <laughs> Sayorsi. Um, yeah, that's yeah. how it. That's how it has stumbled through it's that. Sersha. Um, and right. I know we. I know we have listeners in Ireland, so that's why I'm making sure to get this right. Um, hello, Chris. Um, but like we. Um, yeah, you know, because they're 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 names from the indigenous Irish language that have just been like, you know, so when you kept. Yeah, kept. So the the spelling makes sense in Irish, um, but in English it doesn't transliterate that well. So you okay. keep the spelling the same way. It's kind of like, well, an easy example, and I, then I promise to stop rambling, is you know that when you see S-E-A-N, that's Sean. Yeah. Right? Even though that like wouldn't, you would think it's, what is that, scene? But uh-huh. that's, you, you pronounce it Sean, there's an S-H in there. It's the same kind of thing with these other okay. names. Yep. All right. And that's well, your now Irish... I learned something today. That's your Irish Gaelic lesson for the day, folks. Um, making my grandfather proud. 
Um, all he ever taught me were curse words. That's why I knew that, you know, like, you know, Pogue Mahone is kiss my ass, um, where the Pogues got their name from. Okay. So, yeah. So I'm learning um, all kinds of stuff about Ireland right now. Yeah, it was great. A lot, I mean, a, a lot of people didn't know because of colonization that Irish is a it's is a language, you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. the, the British, you know, tried many times to kill it. Um, <laughs> literally, and <there's>, literally. <laughs> and but, you know, in, in Ireland, um, all of the like road signs and things like that are both in English and Irish. And if you go to the west of the country, like the far west rural parts of the country, there are still several tens of thousands of people where that's their primary language. Um, they still mostly speak English just for practicality's sake, but they're like their first language is Irish. Um, and those are just, you know, little, little pieces of my heritage that I, that I hold on to. I, I tried at one point to like Rosetta stone it, and it is a very difficult language to learn um, <laughs> because it is a truly like indigenous language not related very closely to any of the other European languages because it literally like, you know, evolved on an island. Evolved on an island, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, there's just, in you know, when you're like learning a romance language or whatever, there's like so many connections or whatever between other words. Um, and that's not really true with Irish, but it's a cool language and I'm glad it's still alive um, even through these names. You asked me a question about Ray Kennedy and now yeah. I'm giving a fucking lecture on uh, Irish language. So I, there, the other thing I learned was then once I learned about Siobhan and I really liked her voice, instead of reading more about Ray, I started looking up more about her old band, River City People, which was a folk group from Liverpool where she grew up. And they had some interesting shit. Like I didn't do a deep dive, but if I'll say this, if you listen to the track Poison Lovers and you think Siobhan Kennedy has a cool voice, check out River City People um, because- they did some cool shit. Um, and she just had it like she moved to Nashville to play music and met Ray Kennedy there. And that's how they ended up like becoming a couple and getting married. Um, and she's apparently still in Nashville, but runs um, started some kind of like artist program to empower women in Liverpool, which is pretty fucking dope. Fuck yeah. Good for her. There's another band from Liverpool that some people might've heard of called the Beatles. Oh um, yeah, they were around like a little bit before mm -hmm. this, so um, you know, I don't know if For anybody years. cares about them, but like, yeah, so you could think about like, you know, if if you dig like Steve Earle and River City people, check out this older band, The Beatles. There's some influence there that you know you might notice. You're fucking asshole. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I am such an asshole, and I'm like tired, but I'm 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 also genuinely excited to be talking every time man every time this happens i'm like dude i love doing this with tyler man this fucking rules um so i'll stop being a sarcastic dick and no dude i used to love i used to love tweeting about bands that everybody's heard of like i'm putting them <laughs> on to something my big thing was like i would tweet like every now and then like yo check out terror from la <laughs> <laughs> Yo, if you're like from LA, like that's dude. The, the, the prime thing you have to like cite where the band's from too. Go, yo, have you heard Scott from Slugfest new band? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They're only they've only been around for 21 years now. Um, oh, nice. dude, that's so fucking crazy. That is so crazy too because we we talked about this. Me seeing the fucking lowest the low set and thinking about how I've been seeing those songs for since 2005 yeah 
wild um well back to uh back to uh peter rowan yes not peter rowan back to uh ray, ray kennedy. kennedy i've got a account from mark stewart about ray kennedy that i can't remember what it is but i wrote down the paragraph so i'm gonna read it yeah and then we'll see if it was actually interesting or not because i guess i thought this was interesting when i was reading it at midnight one day um so this is uh this is from mark stewart steve has a really really strong overpowering kind of personality yeah we all already knew that <laughs> um so you constantly feel like steve is the one driving the boat but at the same time, Ray had a very pronounced influence on everything you were doing. You kind of got the impression that sometimes really Ray was the one silently as far as production and technical things, making a lot of the wise decisions. But Steve was barking louder. Steve certainly is on top of what he wants when it comes to the song and maybe the arrangement of the song. He's writing them, of course. But Ray very much is quite a musical mind and has a bear, and has, ugh, and has a pretty big force in it. They were partners and Ray had a lot of input into what was going on, and Steve knew that deep inside, I know that he knew that. So he treated Ray wonderfully. But if you're not one of those guys who Steve feels like he's getting something out of, you're very likely to be treated badly. It's one of his bad traits, I think. So mm. that's a little bit of ah. Mark kind of telling you like how the reasons why whenever he's talked to about Steve, he tends to kind of not be that favorable of him Interesting. nowadays. Yeah, I think this this is where this uh, relationship breaks down a lot. Ah, uh, but yeah, yeah, man. Oh, that was I can. I I think so many times through history, though, you hear those types of stories too, right around like, yeah, this is the obvious figurehead leader, but like, there's another person here that's not quite as loud, but that is actually like steering the ship. And I think mm -hmm. most really fucking great artists, songwriters, musicians tend to have somebody like that in their lives, sure. whether it's a producer or even just like a close friend, right. That they work with like that. So props to Ray Kennedy and, you know, Mark, all I can say is I'm sorry, man. Um, but, For you know, sure. Uh, you really fucked up that keyboard part, man. And I, I wish yeah, you, you did, you know, who knows what could have been, could have happened differently for you. If you'd practice that a little bit more, I'm being an asshole again. I should have, uh, and I said, I wouldn't be. Um, fuck yeah, dude. Let's talk about the songs. Yes, let's talk about the songs, dude. The opening track, Christmas in Washington. It's a good one. Let me tell you something about this, man. Let me tell you my like the first verse. I was like, oh no, this could be a little bit corny. And then by the second verse, I was like, no, this is amazing. Um, I love this fucking song. I love the lyrics. Um, I love the simplicity of it. Um, I mean, there's so many, I wrote down, I was like, let me write down some of my favorite lines. And then I realized I'd written down like half of the, the song. whole song. Yeah. 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 Um, the, but the chorus come back, Woody Guthrie, oh, fuck the unions have been busted. The proud red banners torn. Come back, Emma Goldman, rise up, old Joe Hill. I mean, this is just like, this is this is our fucking marching song here, man. I I loved it, so I was I was hooked pretty early in listening to El Corazon because of the strength of this opening track. Yeah, no, it's 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 really it's really fucking good. I uh, I I wrote down the song, such a beautiful tribute to icons. Yes, 
And I think, uh, like, I honestly, like, I never heard of Joe Hill until hearing this song. So I, like, looked up and read a little bit about him and super, super interesting and inspiring person. And it's uh, probably the only time he ever gets referenced in a folk song. Dude. And, like, one, totally. And, yeah, and it's also, like, you know, yeah, Steve's not just using, like, the, you know, the big names that everybody, yeah. yeah, he's obviously cites Malcolm X and Martin Luther King, but he's citing Joe Hill and Emma Goldman. An know, anarchist. An, an anarchist, right? <laughs> um, so, like, fuck yeah. Um, and it also, I learned, um, God, where was I reading this? About old, um, Jesus Christ, you and me and Cisco knew. Um and Cisco, did I write? Am I misremembering this? It was it was Woody's brother. Okay, um, I believe so. Hold yeah, on that line always goes right over my head. So I just keep, yeah keep moving. I was just curious, and so I was like, "What? Who the fuck is Cisco?" Because I know that. I one thing you learn about Steve is that there's no throwaway lines, even if it's not like yeah, true. Obvious. Everything means something. Who it is? Yeah. Um. Oh. Cisco Houston, who was just another American folk singer who was closely associated with Woody Guthrie. Woody Guthrie. They cool. used to record and tour together. That's um, interesting. So, yeah, but I've never heard any Cisco Houston music, but he had a great mustache, I can tell you from this picture <laughs> I'm looking at right here. And if, and if, <laughs> and if, and if Woody liked him, then he's all right with me, man. So that's fucking awesome. Um, yeah. Got it. Okay. So um I do have uh I have a thing that Steve wrote that is kind of talking about his feelings around the time that this song was written. Mm-hmm. But I also remembered this record does have a foreword that I forgot to read before we got into songs. Well, we're only one so, song in, so let's So do before it. before we do Tanny Town, I'll read that. But this is regarding uh Christmas time in Washington. Um, or Christmas in Washington, my bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so he wrote this and posted it on steveroll.net, which I love that that's that's that is sick cited in here. Steveroll.net, that's it was it the you, 90s, man. Shows you, but I mean, it shows you like how like this book was being considered when uh, when it was written that they were like, yeah, we'll just put a website in here. Um, Dude, why not? Yeah, um, as I get older, surviving what I've survived. Things have gotten re- really simple for me. Very black and white. I believe that it is unforgivable for people to go hungry in the richest country in the world. I believe that we're supposed to be getting more civilized, not less. And that it doesn't make sense to take a life. Uh, ugh, doesn't make sense to take a life in payment for another life. This song is about the state of the nation, but it's also about me too, about some of the things I've lost along the way. And I think that's amazing because it could have been written yesterday. <laughs> I was about to say, man, we're 26 years out from that. And God damn it. Like, I wish I could say, well, Steve, things are so much better now than they were when you wrote that. But they're no, not. They're not. <laughs> not and, even fucking close. And, and in many ways, demonstrably worse. Because just add, add getting blown to smithereens by an AR-15 when you're just going about your business day to day to the mm-hmm. list of other shit happening. One of my um, friends was working at the mall where it happened the other day. Fuck, man. It was there when it happened. Fuck. My Fuck. friend Alvin, shout out. Shout out. Well, I'm glad you're okay, Alvin, but like, God damn it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and we had just been in, my wife and I had just been in Dallas 
the week before. Um, and I know this was just north of there. Yeah, um, I was there a month ago. Yeah, man. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, so on a lighter note, though, when you mentioned steveearl.net, I just thought I'm about to email steve at steveearl.net and see. Just see what happens. See, just see what happens. See if Sick. He's like, where <laughs> did you get this? And I'm like, yes, dude, we got to hang out. Um, but yeah, no, one of one of my thoughts on this song is like, we don't have one of these anymore. We don't have a Woody Guthrie. Yeah. We like, it would be amazing if we like, I mean, the closest thing we have is like an actual politician and like Bernie Sanders or somebody who speaks to everybody, but there's no, like, there's no, there's no artist no that can like reach to like working class people of all strokes and just, uh, you know, tell them the truth. <laughs> yeah. And dude, Bernie and then, have- and then believe it. <laughs> And then believe it. Yeah. Like, and you know, Bernie's cool, but Bernie doesn't have tracks, man. No. So zero tracks, zero tracks, man. I don't know if he's ever tried though. I bet he, he has a spoken word album. Actually. I'm thinking about buying it, dude, just to see how I'm, 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 I'm going to check it on discogs and see how much it is. Cause it's, it's vinyl. Yeah, and I think it would be hilarious to own. That would be really funny to own. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I like, it's so true, man. And I'm just thinking about what you shared earlier. Like we're we're bookending this record with thinking about Woody and then thinking about Towns. Mm-hmm. Um and and these like losses like looming very large um in Steve's mind as he's writing and playing these songs. So Yeah, but Towns didn't write like Woody wrote. He did yeah, of course. I, I think more just like an Towns a great storyteller, but Towns was never saying anything that like No would make the government want to kill him. Yeah, he was he was never committing acts of sedition yeah. um and 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 putting himself on blacklists and things like that or getting himself put on there rather, but just in terms of their influence in Steve's life in terms of both politics mm-hmm. and music, right? Um fuck yeah, dude. I want to talk about Tanny Town though. First though, I'm going to read this forward for El Corazon. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I totally forgot. Go for it. And it's, I mean, as good as a record that this is, this is um, one of the weaker ones, if I'm going to be honest. One of the weaker forwards. forwards. Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, it just feels like he kind of wrote something. Maybe he did. Maybe he, he, he spent all the energy on the lyrics and then was just like, oh, yeah, I got to do another forward. Yeah. Well, he didn't have to. He's, he's only, he's only three records into writing these at this point. But he already had a plan. Yeah. Hold on. Can did. you hear that? Nope. Okay, great. My little guy's kind of fussing in there, but he's okay. Okay. Yeah. Um. So he writes, the Greeks were right. It's the heart that matters. Don't try to tell me it's all in my head because thinking too much only gives me a headache, a relatively minor annoyance. And I know where I hurt when promises are broken and dreams die. And that lump in your throat when your fist... Ugh. When your firstborn starts walking or talking back, which there you go. <laughs> yeah, I can I can relate, my friend. Doing it right now. Um, but yeah, I know where I hurt when promises are broken and dreams die, and that lump in your throat when your firstborn starts walking or talking back. That's your heart full. Ten sizes too big, banging away at your chest, hollering, let me out of this box, and I really fuck you up. And sometimes you do, and sometimes you don't, and sometimes your little bitty, feeble ass mind fool you again and tell you I'm running this motherfucker, but bro. Um, but just let the beast out of the box and hide and watch how fast old badass brother brain will cut it and run. 
But Hart is a dumb animal, muscle and blood, a pit bull on a mission, and he's hanging in like he's hanging in like Gunja Din. I don't know what the fuck that means. Um, good to the last drop of blood. Se May ninety seven. I mean, it's 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 definitely like, Steve. It's I'm funny. Like, I know it's like, but he's just like I, I named you. this song the Heart, and I'm just gonna write something about like the heart and how the heart like, you know, is like, just, yeah. Just once, once I don't know. It's if, it's 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 funny. If he it's, didn't it's, have it's, such a way with words, it would be somebody like so. El, what El Corazon means is the heart, and like the heart is like in your chest, and so <laughs> like, and then you just keep going because yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's yeah, just I'm a like, rant. It's a little I'm like little, I don't disagree little, with any of that, but you kind of yeah, it's a little you, little rambling rant, a little rambling, a little rambling. Um, I appreciate that though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's. We don't we don't listen to the records for the forwards, so they're a nice they're a nice bonus when. Yeah, when but I buy the records for the forwards, and this one well, isn't as good. Man, if you've got a complaint, <laughs> you need to send it to Steve at steveearl.net. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Tanny Town, <laughs> dude. So we were talking earlier, and we were referencing Tom Petty, and in this my is mind, the song, this yes. was the song, dude. <laughs> this is when the that song. when that harmonica comes in. Oh, I yeah. was like, oh, dude, this could it's be. The, it's the guitar tone too, though. Yeah, it's every. I mean, yeah. Bef- before he starts singing, you could have been like, "This is a Tom Petty song," and I'd be like, "Fuck yeah!" Uh-huh. Um, and I'm also just thinking, very like, not only does it sound like Tom Petty, it sounds like Tom Petty did at this time. Yes, like with the stuff he was putting out mm-hmm. in the late '90s, right? So yeah, his last um, uh, last dance with Mary Jane or whatever. It's, yeah, yeah, that's what it sounds like to me. Totally. Um, and it fucking rules. Um and Amy Lou Harris on background vocals back in the mix, dude. And let's go. He sounds great too. So I, I love the song. I love the riffs. Um, and the lyrics tell a powerful story. Oh shit! Um, I forgot to to mention something. Yeah. Was Christmas in Washington your favorite song? No. Damn. Oh. Haha. I struck out this time. I got you. All right. Um, I think I know. Yeah, hold on. I didn't write. I'm so bad at. Th- yeah, I think I know what your favorite song is. I will I'll tell you when I get to it. But no, it's. Not, I love it, but it's not my favorite. Okay. Yep. Well, yep. damn. I'm just well, gonna. Damn. I'm just gonna let this sink in while you talk about Emily Harris. I mean, you're you're like right 90 percent of the time. You've got a very yeah. high average on this, but no, not on this one. Emily rules. Um, the the song. I mean, here's here's the thing. Steve is no stranger to taking on the perspectives of a character in his lyrics. Right. But this is the first time that I've, you know, known him to like take what feels like in many ways, like a risk, like telling the story. He tells the story from the perspective of a black kid who nearly, who gets attacked by a white mob, defends himself. Um, I mean, you'll drops the knife that he uses to defend himself and then finds out later that another kid picked up the knife and got lynched because they assumed it was him since he had the knife. Um, And this person like living both with, I just experienced that. And um, yeah, I ain't going back there again. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, um, so it's a, it's a, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, it's no surprise Steve plays the character and tells the story so well, because that's one of his greatest strengths as a songwriter. But I, there's not a lot of other like 
frankly, like even at this point, middle-aged white dudes who could write a song from this perspective and it not come across as like, what the fuck is going on here? But well, he like, didn't use any problematic language. He didn't. That's true. But it like, he, he like makes it where it never feels disrespectful. It feels like, it feels like good storytelling to me. Yeah. Um, I love the hurricane, but uh, yeah, Bob, Bob Dylan drops a word that maybe yeah. he didn't need to use in that song. Yeah. Bob, the song would have still worked without that, my friend. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Dude, I hadn't thought about that in a long time. Um, I really liked that movie, too. I've never seen it. It's been on my list for, to watch forever. Denzel's great in it. Yeah, it's, he's it's great worth, in most things. He is, but it's I, it stands out to me as, as one of my favorites of his. So, yeah, I recommend it. Nice. Um, yeah, that's a. it feels like now, because I go so f- infrequently, I'm always remembering when I like saw a movie in the theater. I'm like, I saw The Hurricane when it came out. Um, you I'm are old. old. I know. <laughs> it's just what like na- anyway. I've been having two. That's the other thing at my new job is I've been having all these like old moments where people are like, "Yeah, so and then when I was in the classroom, we used this and this and this. Did you use that program?" And I'm like, "We didn't use a computer." We didn't use a computer. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, I took attendance on a Scantron sheet every day. You know, by hand, I had to fill in a bubble and then hand it in. And I never saw what happened to it, if anything. Um, and there was no computer in my classroom. No, I had, uh, I did have one of those kick ass, you know, projector, the fucking transparency, you know, where I could oh, write yeah. on it with a oh, marker yeah. that mm-hmm. ruled. Mm-hmm. Um, but then my hand would be like covered in blue. black ink yep. and black Absolutely. and blue ink at the end of the day. Um, so, you know, these young bucks will never know the struggle. Um, just staring into a blinding light bulb mm-hmm. while I'm trying to teach. Like you're in the dentist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was cool. Cause like the kids could be doing whatever the fuck they wanted. I couldn't see them. Cause I was mm-hmm. just like <laughs> blaring. It's like a huge spotlight in your face. Um, what are we talking? The We're talking yeah, about Tanny town. Tanny town is um, a fucking great song, man. Yeah. Um, I, uh, this story is, uh, this, the story for this track is a masterclass in storytelling songs. Well said. Absolutely. It's a movie. Mm-hmm. As the kids say nowadays. D- <laughs> that is true. They do <laughs> say that. It's giving movie. Um, <laughs> this is a this is gonna be a classic hardcore troubadour. The our archivists are gonna be talking about this one for a while. Oh shit. Um, well let me ask you. The, do you know, I, I didn't do too much research here. Is there, is there any significance to the story? Cause I'm assuming Tanny town is a place in Maryland is all I know. Yeah. I have no idea. Um, look up. I, yeah, I, if, if, he, he wrote, there's, there's a little bit in the book about, about like what the song is, but it doesn't really give any, like, you know, it's, you know, referencing this situation or anything. I think this is right. just a, this is just a story that he wrote where he was like, yeah, this probably happened fucking every day. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I was just curious if there was like any specific incident he was basing it on or anything. Yeah, no, but, I don't think so. Yeah. I do. Uh, I am realizing now though. Uh, one thing I forgot to, another thing I forgot to mention when we were talking about Christmas in Washington is I wrote down for every one of these songs, a different record. I think that song could have been on. Huh. And so which one was it for Christmas in Washington? Washington Square Serenade. Okay. 
Absolutely. And which one is it for Tandy Town? Hardway. Hardway, the rocker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right on. Yep. Um, I realized I was like, wait, why did I why did I write Hardway at the bottom of this? I was like, oh, yeah, because I wrote down. <laughs> I went through one day and was like, what record do I think each one of these songs could have also been on? And then because I was just being a dork and listening to this record for probably the 30th time. That's literally why we do this, man. That's awesome. Yeah. That rules. My my Spotify is gonna gonna act like the only thing I listened to this year was Steve. <laughs> oh yeah, like I already it was already starting for me at the end of last year, but uh-huh. this year too for sure. Yeah. It's gonna be that, and you know what I? It's gonna be that, and like that Spirit World record that came out last year. Oh, I, just, I haven't heard that. I don't know if it's for me though. I put it on all the like in bet- basically in between everything else I listened to I listened to Death Western again um maybe I need just, to check this shit it's, out it's mean dude so like what you should know like is it a gimmick yes does it fucking rule also yes okay. like hard riffs hard vocals hard lyrics just just imagine a fucking atheist cowboy leaving a trail of bloodied priests everywhere in his wake all right all right i'm um, sold i'll check this shit out I, i'll I, check I, this silly ass shit out dude it's oh it's silly but like if you've ever if you've ever had the opportunity to meet Stu from Folsom, um like it's he's just so creative and i'm like mm-hmm. actually really glad to see him do it i think if i think some other people could try to pull something off like spirit world and it would be like just corny Mm-hmm. But I don't know for when I see him in the fucking rhinestone cowboy suit, whatever playing these riffs, I'm like, this rules. Give me some more of this. So well, Folsom um, also was hard. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, and if it, when you learn more about Las Vegas outside of, you know, the strip and all the touristy shit, it all starts to make sense too. Because Vegas is rough. Is a rough city. Yeah. Oh, for yes. sure. Yeah. Um, if you fall is the third track. If I had a skipper, it's this one. Really? Um, I like the riff. The vocals don't work for me here. Steve tries to go low a few times, like on the chorus. Mm-hmm. And his voice is, a, I mean, I don't pretend to know. You know, he his his register tends to be on the higher end. Um, like he's not like a deep baritone Johnny Cash kind of singer you know? Um, and so something about it just doesn't work for me. Um, so again, it's not, I don't think it's awful, but if I had, I don't think I have a skipper on this record. If I had to pick one to skip though, it would be if you fall. Really? I think the song is so catchy. Of course you do. Tell me, tell me why. Well, um, I think all the instruments in the song sound awesome. Um, I will, I will say I did write this song. Isn't top of the heap for me. But it's mm-hmm. a fucking good song. Um, I do think it goes a little long, but yeah. I do like all the guitar work on it. Um, this song in the book set references this song as a guy song. So this is, I guess, um. in Steve writing this, this, is him trying to write a guy, a guy Clark song. So this is uh, his version of that. And, that makes uh, me appreciate it some mm-hmm. more. Yeah, I yeah. could see that. I kind of would want to hear. Heroes. Yeah, I'd want to hear Guy Clark sing it. That'd be interesting. Yeah, because I don't, I just, I, you know, I love Steve's voice 
so probably my top three vocalists in that have existed ever in the universe. It doesn't work for me on this one. I um, got you. Yeah. I think so. this song could have worked on Guitar Town. I can hear that too. I like this. I like this this extra work you did mm-hmm. here. Because it's almost like you said, like that that's part of why El Corazon could be such a good intro record to somebody because it hits all these different notes, right? Like I, I, I know I said it on the train to coming episode that I think that can be a good intro to Steve just because it's not as country. Yeah. And if you've got somebody who's adverse to country. Mm-hmm. Train of Coming could be a good one for them to start with because it's just kind of folky. Um, but this one, I think if somebody's never heard Steve Earl, you could be like, well, you know, just check this one out and then you'll, I can tell you which, tell me what you liked on this and I'll tell you which Steve Earl record you should check out. That's, yeah, absolutely. I love that. Yeah. Um. So the next song, I Still Carry You Around featuring the Del McCory band. Popping off. What'd you say? I said popping off. Popping off. Oh, thank God. Because I thought you said hopping off for a second. And I was like, Oh, dude. no, I love this. Song. I was like, dude, this is like your shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, good. It is my shit. Yeah. 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 And it's securely my shit. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. I wrote, um, Let's fucking go. I love this song. Yeah. I mean, it is, uh, it is just a perfect country bluegrass song. Yeah. The I'm harmony, a sucker for banjo, my dude. Yeah. And the heart, the harmonies on the chorus. That's rope backing vocals are awesome. Top notch. It's amazing. Yeah. This is just, it. it's just like masterful. Like, yeah. I love it. It's um, it's really the point in the record. I think this was the point in the record where I was like, wow, this record really does just jump around. Yeah. He's doing it all. Sound. And it works. Yeah. You can just picture him being like, oh yeah, well, you like that rocker motherfuckers? What about this? I can do this too. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you know what? You can. This is right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't no wait to get to the fucking mountain, dude. Dude. And that's next, right? That's next. Yeah. Well, and next we... Uh, next next is sequentially for Steve's Sequentially for records. Steve. We're going to talk about Tom Petty next, though. We are. Little tease. Little, <laughs> little tease. We love it. Yes. Um, I think people will, will vibe with us on this. Next song, Telephone Road. Um, man, there's so much I love and have to say about this song. Okay. So I mean, you're, you're okay with the Fairfield four on this one. I am okay with the Fairfield four on this okay. one. You thought I wouldn't enjoy that. Cause they're a gospel choir. Well, you hated them last time. So. Well, <laughs> I don't know. They, they're, I don't know. It worked for me this time. Okay. It, it, I um, think this is better. I think, yeah, I, I, I definitely think it's better. And I, I just, I had so many connections, both musically, I like it. And what I wrote down too, is as I was listening, I was like, I feel like this sound is what Lucero was trying to do on some of the more recent records when they started introducing horns and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of people love that. It never really landed with me, but I feel like this is kind of what they were trying to go to go for. There's some like the, the, the big horns, the big organ, all that stuff, um, I think the hold steady owes a lot to this type of sound. The vocals are obviously very different, but still I think musically there's a lot there. Um, And I just loved like telephone road in Houston is still a very sketchy place with like bars up and down the whole thing. And um, I was also relating to just it being the story of like, what's the line? 
this ain't Louisiana, your mama won't know. Um, because there's been such a history. I mean, this was in the late nineties, but, um, even more recently, especially after Katrina, so many people from Louisiana who either oh. because either because they're looking for opportunity or just because they've been displaced, like after Katrina, end up in Houston because that's the closest big city um, to, you know, most parts of Louisiana. And yeah, they, they deal with that in Treme a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like so I, I felt like this kind of hit on that being the story of people from Lafayette, Louisiana that end up in Houston. Um, and I just love that, like that line of like, you know, we want to go out and do X, Y, and Z. And the one kid is like scared to do it. And the, you know, the narrator is like, yeah. yeah, it's like, dude, this ain't Louisiana. It's not like somebody's not going to see and go back and tell your mama like they would yeah. here, there, you know, like you're in Houston now. So, um, yeah, I thought this was a, a really, really fun song and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I uh one of the things I wrote, uh this song always sounds like it would be, have been uh, this song always sounds like it would fit on the uh National Lampoon vacation soundtrack. <laughs> I could see that. That's yeah that's, for some I think it's the organ. It's the organ. It's yeah. the organ. Dude, that's what it is. You gotta be so careful with the damn organ. It it can either be the most powerful thing in the world or it can take you to a level of like kitsch that you know, I don't know. Yeah, I honestly I like, like I, I like this song. It's not a skipper for me. It has never really grabbed me mm -hmm. and like shaken anything out of me. But it's always like when it's on, I'm like, oh, yeah, the songs like it's nice. It's nice. Yeah. Song. And uh, I wrote uh, Low Highway. I think this this song could have fit on Low Highway. I'll have to when I listen to Low Highway, I'll have to hear that out because that is a record i've not listened to at all i'm very excited um, to talk about the low highway dude fuck yeah this is awesome uh -huh. i have so much to look forward to here fuck yes. um somewhere out there is a song that i don't have a ton to say on um i like this song just fine but it's not a it's not a top of the heap for me um and i also wrote that there's a few moments here where steve's off key which mm -hmm. like doesn't really like bother me but i'm just not used to hearing that from him i I like the vocal patterns on this song. And I think even like that off key, like I think the delivery of even like doing things like that a little bit is kind of affecting like yeah. in the way where I'm like, I don't know, like singing off key can be like emotionally affecting. Yeah, that's true. Cause you're like expressing something, not really caring how mm -hmm. or for it to be perfect or anything. So like as a person who probably sings off key often, um, yeah, I can, I can, I can feel that. Dude, I feel it too. I mean, that's the thing. Like it's not, it wasn't in and of itself off-putting. Like I just, it's not something I'm used to hearing from Steve. No, I feel um, you. So that's I do what think felt this different. song is very of the nineties. Yes. There's a few moments with some of the, We'll get to it on a couple of later tracks where some of the production choices are mm -hmm. very 90s. Um, like it's not like, a bad way, but it does yeah. feel, this song feels dated in a way. Yeah, it feels, it is, it's like putting a website in your print In your book. book. In your print yeah. book, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, what am I, am I supposed to click on this? What the fuck am I supposed to do with this, you know? Like, we did, dude, it, it was the 90s, man. You didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. Um, dude. Yeah. Should we move on? 
Um, yeah, I'll 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 give my other record that this song could have been on. Uh, feel all right. Yeah, feel all right. Not one of the rockin' songs, but no. I was just thinking. I was just thinking about where that would fit in on there. I appreciate yeah. that, dude. You know the rest. Another fast fucking hillbilly rocker, man. Uh huh. Good song. It's my favorite song. This is your favorite. Oh yeah. I knew you would like it, but this isn't what I picked. Shit. I fucking love this song. This dude. is the first song on this record I ever heard. Oh yeah. How, how did how did you hear it? It's on the playlist, my buddy Paul. Man, dude. Paul, man. We owe Paul an immense debt of gratitude. Straight up, dude. Yeah, that fucking rolls. Yes, I love it. And he knew how, he picked the deep cuts too, man. He knew. He yeah, knew, he knew what to give you. That rolls. This song and Christmas in Washington were on that playlist. That's I think awesome. they were the only two songs from this record. Um, but yeah, I wrote uh, song rips two minutes and twelve seconds. Let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. This song put a big smile on my face. That's what I wrote. Like I was like, it's this so is one. Fun. I'd love to hear him play this live. Like, you know, mm -hmm. this is, I could just see the, like how this would come off live with a full band. Um, great song. Yeah. It's got so much yeah. attitude. Yeah. Yeah. It's got so much attitude. It's got, uh, it's got character. It's just, I, I, I love everything about this song is great. And yep. uh, this song would have worked on revolution starts now. hundred percent. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well said. You yes. nailed that one. Absolutely. It's the punk one. It's punk it's as fuck, punk, dude. It's the punk song. It's fucking great. It's and, uh, dude. And then and speaking legitimately, dude, the lyrics are so fucking good. Yeah. They're so I mean, clever. Let me like <laughs> cite <laughs> cite these historical figures. You know the rest. You know the rest. Um, dude, just it's so it's so fucking good. And then and closing the, with the this song ain't got no reason. This song barely rhymes. <laughs> like, I can't get I can't get no rest. You know the rest. Yeah, it's man. so fucking good. I love it so much. Yeah, that's excellent. That's oh, shit. like masterful. Like who who else could put so much cleverness into like a two minute like cow punk song? You know what I mean? So like, badass. It rules. Speaking of punk or punk adjacent, um, the next song has Super the Super Suckers. suckers. Yep. Yeah. Um, this is where I want to talk a little bit about 90s production. Mm-hmm. So this is oh, NYC. yes. Oh, yes. I think this song is really good. My God, why did he have to use that like phone megaphone effect on yeah. the chorus? Just don't do that. Mm -hmm. And it would be perfect. It uh, is a sick song, though. It's a sick song. And I'm like, yeah, that, but in the 90s, there was a real fetish for like, well, what if I did this part and you just recorded me talking through the phone? Well, also um, does the skip thing, too. The skip thing at the end, I thought something was wrong at yeah. first. Yeah. And I was like, oh no, there's it's a glitch in the matrix. No, like, it's the 90s. I could, yeah, I could see them at the in the studio going, like, dude, fuck yeah. No, it's the good. 90s. Savage yeah. Garden is huge. Yeah, I know. <laughs> fuck yeah, dude. I feel like I slow danced uh with a really cute girl to that, like, I wanna be Yeah. Here. I roller skated with a cute girl fuck to yeah, that. Dude. I rolled. Yeah, that was yeah. awesome. Uh -huh. Felt like I think for a, I was trying to like grow my hair like Gavin Rossdale from Bush, um, when I had hair, mm -hmm. and it just never quite worked. I saw some. I got some pictures I could share with you. It's sick. Have you ever shown you pictures of me with long hair? No, I was fine. I dude, I, I look terrible with long hair as well. So, first of all, 
don't include me in that. I looked amazing. You looked amazing. Um, okay. I looked <laughs> no, like I sold math. <laughs> when when I when it was no, I think when I finally grew it like proper long, I liked uh-huh. how it looked. But when I was in this weird like nineties butt I mean, frankly, it's how uh-huh. kids have hair like this today. Oh, you know well I mean? no, you looked great then. You think so? Yeah. The only I got one compliment on my long hair. Somebody told me I looked like Roger Merritt right after he got out of prison. That was a hard look, though. That was the only compliment I dude. ever Dude, <laughs> did you, dude, you got to do the denim shorts with, with fucking work boots combo yeah. and long hair? Dude. Yeah, I'm never going rolled. back out. It took early, two years for me to still look terrible. Dude, early 90s Roger Merritt. It was a hard look, dude. I like it. Yeah, um, yeah no, I, th- I, I, I liked it. And that's what it was so surprising. I think the only, my mother was, so disappointed when my hair started thinning because she really liked my long hair and i was like i did too but you know so i was you know already by that point a full-on hardcore kid so i was like fuck it shaving my head you know who cares like it was not a hard decision for me um i made my peace with it very quickly um but she was like oh you had such nice hair and i'm like it's your genes Uh, i didn't know that you know you know specifically her genes yeah exactly that's why you know with with Kieran, I'm like, no, dude, you're good, because all the the men in Rutchness family have like nice, thick, nice hair, and I'm like, don't worry about me. You're not gonna be bald like your dad. Don't worry about it. Um, he doesn't care. He does make. He's just noticed shit like that too, though. He'll go like, mama hair, and then he'll go like, daddy hair, and like, <laughs> punch my head or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, that's a, an astute observation, my son. Um, but. I really like this song. I like the I like the I like it too. I, like I used to not story. like the vocal effect at all, but yeah. I think it, I think it's fine now. It's now it's a good enough song that I can get past it. But it sucks. I wish he wouldn't have done that. Um but like and and I like too that the the like twist in the lyrics where it like seems like he's going to be like, "Well, I've been a New York man and that shit sucked and after yeah. a week I went back to Tennessee, but Fuck it. No, I'm just jealous. So I slapped him a yeah. 20 and said, Billy, give him hell. Like, yeah. I like, like I should, I should warn him that it that, that yeah. this sucked. And he's like, ah, oh, you know what? Never mind. No, he, he, he deserves his own shot to go do what he's going to do too. And I really like that. Um, I, yeah. Uh, so I have a thought because maybe we'll just do like, maybe we should do this, but I still haven't heard the Steve Earl and the super suckers record. Mm, yeah. It's not on streaming. Yeah. It's not even on vinyl. I can't bring myself to buy a fucking CD, but we should see if it's on YouTube or something and maybe do like a mini episode dude, where we talk about this EP. I think it's only like five songs. We totally should. My God. I've, these... I still haven't heard it, but this record, like listening to this so many times for this this exercise, I was like, man, I kind of want to hear what this this whole album with the the two of them is. I do too. I'm sorry. I just started laughing and it was not at all what you were saying. Yeah, what were you laughing at? I Googled Steve Earle and the Super Suckers. People also ask, is Steve Earle a liberal? Oh yeah. <laughs> every time you every time you type Steve Earle in, that is one of the things that comes up is like Steve Earle's political beliefs, which means that so many conservatives search this. I know. And they're just like, wait a minute. I like this, but says here's an a socialist. Is he a, is he a liberal? Did he did he vote for Brandon? Um, 
somebody put this out on um oh hey sick it's on somebody put this on Bandcamp. okay um oh a label and i'll send you the link a label in italy called improved sequence um put this out on vinyl what no no i looked on discogs it's a oh it's a pre-order so it's not even out yet but am I going to order a record live on uh on the podcast right now? <laughs> maybe so they've got you can pre-order limited edition blue vinyl for 25 euros. Red is 22 euros. Digital album re- dude, this is so of the moment. What item the ships fuck? this item ships out June 22nd, 2023. So they're doing this right now. Um you have an option to buy a bundle that includes the Steve Earle 12 inch with them and super suckers must've been high LP. Um, the, the it's getting, some of these packages are getting very expensive, but here's what it is. <laughs> the digital record. It's five songs. Like you said, two of the songs are up now and the rest will be up May 22nd, literally like two weeks from when we're recording this. I should message these folks. Brother, that's I've amazing. Never, I've never heard it. improved sequence Bologna, Italy. Um, I don't know about, if the, about so many things from Europe re- recently too. Yeah. All right. Did you find this link, or do you want me to send it to you? I'm buying it right now. Oh fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> well, I hope you're not getting scammed, because um, I don't know that anything about these people. Um, how much is twenty five? It's thirty six dollars US. Okay. It's fine. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm gonna let you do that. I might buy the digital. I'm not buying this whole thing. This Okay. The Super Suckers decided to up the country ante during the recording of their fir- fourth album, Must Have Been High, turning themselves into some kind of genuine cowpunks. The group was always punkier and rowdier than any 80s cowpunk outfit. So it was only fitting that the band followed the album with a split single with the punkiest country singer of the 80s, Steve Earle. In the classic sub-pop tradition, think the classic Mud Honey Jimmy Dale Gilmore split, but there are loads of others. The Suckers tackle an Earl song, and Earl covers one of their tunes, and then a joint cover of the Rolling Stones before they make me run. Sick. Dude, it's so funny that we're talking about this right now from something yeah, from it, 1997. It this is it insane. A- it actually exists and is gonna be printed, is gonna be put out on vinyl for the first time ever this year. That's um, so fucking crazy. Like this, you said, we just did this live. Dude, what timing? Talking sub, about this. Because I'm assuming Sub Pop only released it as a CD. Then. Yeah. No, because I've, yeah. I've, I've, I I check on Discogs like regularly to see uh-huh. like if anything's changed and nothing had changed because it doesn't exist <clears throat> yet because it is existing currently. Well, I'm bookmarking this and maybe I'll order it too. Um, I want, it, it also just makes me curious like, this is the kind of thing where I want to legit, I want to message the people that run this label. I want to say, thank you. This rules that you're doing this. And I need you to share hardcore troubadour podcast with every single person who buys this because whoever in 2023 is looking for and buying the Steve Earl super suckers split from 1997 i that's think a, is, that's our target demographic i think that is literally our target demographic and 
that you know so i'm i'm actually going to do this i'm going to message them um and we'll we'll see what's up um yeah i just bought it hell yeah i'm going to italy um in september so maybe i'll hang out with them too fuck um, yeah bud for a for a wedding for one of my wife's friends um and that's enough about that um that's awesome dude and, and but it, yeah it's a great song but like some of it's a great song in spite of the nineties production choices, not because of the nineties production choices. Right. Yeah. That's what I'll get. And it feels like this was, I think this was one of the record songs too, where I was just like unsure of which record it could go on. And I think I was just like, eh, Copperhead road. I could feel Yeah. Cause I mean, it's a rocker, but it's like to my ear, the main thing that the super suckers presence is differentiating is just like, the guitar is like more distorted. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, mm -hmm. I, I think, you know, I, I think this still could have been any, you know, of Steve Earle's rockers. I think the super suckers it's, just it's not dark a, enough for the hard way. Yeah. It's not dark enough for the hard way. And I think the super suckers just use a fuzz pedal. You know, I think mm -hmm. that's basically how it comes out and I, you know, it works. Um, next song. Poison Lovers. We, we talked about it already, but let's let's go in on it. Let's go in on it. But I mean, what I'm trying to say is here, I threw you for a loop on this one. This is my favorite song. This is your favorite song? Yeah. Damn. This it was between this and one other, and I, I ultimately ended up going with this one. And we haven't gotten to the other one? We haven't gotten to the other one. Okay. I'm, I think that, I think that is the one that I am would would have been my second choice i and did it, toy with nyc being your favorite though just because you're you did it you because did i did it because you i'm i'm the hitchhiker that he gave 20 dollars to and told to make his way and here i am no he called you billy but he called know, me Bill. i mean i we just met i mean it was, started <laughs> with a b that was good enough i was like it's fucking steve Earl, dude don't i'm not gonna correct him um and then a few years later, he moved up here and lapped me, you know, so what do I know? Why is, why is Poison Lovers your favorite song? I just, it just hit me, like, the du the duet. It's the, beautiful. The voices got to work together. Like, they've got to mm -hmm. be, how am I trying to describe this? Like, they, they're so different when they're on different verses, mm -hmm. but then in the chorus when they're together... <laughs> they fit together so perfectly. Um, and, you know, just the concept of like, and it makes me think about the concept of like, damn, two people that really care about each other, but are bad for each other. You know what I mean? Like that, mm -hmm. <clears throat> like thinking, thinking about that and, and life experience and how so many of us have stories like that from our oh, past. Oh, for so, fucking sure. Dude. Um, you know, so yeah, it just, I, I'm, I'm not usually, I don't usually pick the love songs as my favorite, but on I this mean, record, is this a love song? I mean, uh, to, to right or the songs about love. things to do with love. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think that's a, a more fair description of it. Um, but yeah, man, that's that's where I'm at with that. So, what do you think about this one? I think, I mean, I think it's a lot of emotion in both of their performances on this song. I think it's really a it's a really good duet. Um, I. I do think this is another song that is a like a reckoning song for him. Mm, yeah, like he's still working through everything from train to coming. I feel all right. He's not done 
he's not done with this introspection that yeah. he's got going on. And I think, uh, I think it's moving. It's very moving. Yeah. He, uh, he wrote this in Galway. Speaking he of did. Ireland. He did. Earlier. He wrote this song in Galway. And there's another song on this record that he says mm-hmm. he wrote in Galway that we'll talk about in a moment. Um, I think this, uh, this song would have fit on transcendental blues too. I totally agree. Is that yeah. one you're familiar with? It is. That is one I'm familiar with. I'm so excited about that one. I'm thinking about Galway now and Galway Girl and how I went to Galway as a tourist and fucking loved it. But my friends from Ireland all hate Galway. Um, really? Yeah. I don't know. I'll I'll dig in more into why. They're Dublin people. So, you know, mm-hmm. it might be a might be a snobbish thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It is kind of a party town. Maybe it's the Nashville, you know, where it's like there's some like oh yeah there's there's some great music and like cool people to meet around, but there's also a lot of like idiots having bachelorette parties around too, you know. I get maybe it's yeah. that kind of vibe. Um, but anyway, I was a tourist and I was having fun as a tourist. You so don't see you that shit. Yeah, you are that. Yeah. You're the problem. I am that. I'm the problem. Whatever. <laughs> That's right. You're welcome to come here and be a problem too. That's fine. Um, well, damn, you really did throw me for a loop this one. Yeah. I would have never guessed Poison Lovers is your favorite song. Yeah, man. All right. All right, I'm Brian. Wild. I see you. I'm wild. <laughs> wild card. You're wild with with your favorite song being the sappy one. I know. Yeah. You know, as 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 winter turned into spring, I found myself yearning. Um <laughs> no. The next song is called The Other Side of Town. Tyler. Why why did they put the fake vinyl crackle in the background on this song? I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking though, what if what if you actually put a copy of this on vinyl and we're listening to it with a needle that was pretty old? <laughs> <laughs> so it'd be like doubling the crackle coming through. <laughs> I don't know, but it's, I mean, it's a, I'm assuming it's, it's a Hank Williams tribute is what it feels like to me. Um, yeah, I, I think, can see that. I think it's a, I think it's a damn good song. I love the vibe. I love the fiddle. I love the Hank Williams type vibe, but I, I found the fake vinyl crackling to be a little distracting um okay to take for for my enjoyment it took away from what was otherwise a a song i really liked yeah i guess i mean i'll i'll respect your opinion even though i i I like it i think it's it 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 surpasses anything that corny the the fiddle could have or not the fiddle the crackle could have made it just why would you do that though like i don't don't understand that decision at all i've never and i've never heard anyone else do that like yeah, let's now make, that you mention it, I mean, you let's really... make it sound like an old record. Like, then just make a record. I don't, you know, I don't, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's so. it's a very '90s decision. I feel like to do it feels that like way. That. Well, and it feels like a '90s decision where they probably couldn't have foreseen that a day would be coming in the not too distant future that people would really want these records on vinyl. Vinyl again, yeah, again, right? It seemed like that was a it was a completely done relic that would never come back. Yeah, I mean, this came um, out on CD only originally, right? So. And as it and at the time, that made perfect sense. Yeah, I so, want to say I think I think this is a 2014 reissue. Yeah, along with 
the no, this was 2017. So hell, 20 years later, right? Like how? Yeah. Could, so clearly, how could they have known? Right, it was 2017, and th- th- this had such a limited release. I actually had to pay way more than I would have liked to for that. Yeah, they're. I mean, again, and I got it for way cheaper than I'd seen it from other people too. If you've if you've got any complaints, we've already been over where you should take them directly. Um, <laughs> Steve Earl. Steve Steve <laughs> at Steve Earl. Net. Um, I really I, hope uh, that's not a it, real email address and people don't spam him. Yeah. Um, that's got to be defunct at this point. Be, I don't know good. how old this book is. Um, yo, is it steel guitar on this song? I don't think so. What I, I wrote, is that steel guitar? Because I couldn't tell. <laughs> I don't remember. I usually write when I encounter the steel guitar because unlike yeah, a see, lot of I, other... I, I thought I was hearing it. Yeah, I thought you'd, you'd, you'd catch it if it was a thing. Maybe maybe it is and that I missed it, but I, I usually have an ear for that. And, and Steve doesn't overuse that. So it's usually pretty notable. Um when he does oh one thing i did write for this song so many long songs on this record yes there are a lot of long songs on the record one i wrote i'm 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 sure the the track oh man this record too comes with like a like a cool little like print that you could like frame dude that's sick yeah it's super neat i really Um, like that yeah and that's not like the the this is the sleeve for the record or whatever. And it's the, the lyric sheets. So that's just a little bonus thing they put in there. Yeah. For you to just have. Yeah. You'll get to see that um, on the Instagram post that will accompany Fuck, the release yeah. of this record. Um, but yeah, I mean, dude, like Christmas in Washington, four minutes, 59 seconds, Tanny town, five minutes, 13. If you fall four ten, I still carry around two forty five. I mean, the couple road, road three forty three, the couple of six somewhere out there. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you're good. The couple of short rockers, I think, balance some of it out. So, you know, because it's it's 12, 12 tracks, 45 minutes, which, yeah. again, at the time, I felt like when I was first starting to buy my own music in this period in the 90s, that's just like what every album was. Yeah, they filled the CD. They filled the CD. It was going to be yeah. about 45 minutes, whether that took 16 songs or 10 songs or whatever it did, right? So, um but yeah, because this this song is uh is four four plus, and it's like, I I, I not I'm not complaining about the long songs. I'm just saying no. like he really went there with this record. He really did. Um, and it's almost there's like a fully like. I think part of it might have been I feel all right was so successful, and now it's like, you know, obviously Train of Coming was like I'm back. I feel all right was like I'm really back. And now El Corazon is like, I'm back and I can do what I want. Yeah. You know, like I've, I've, and I'm doing everything and I'm doing everything, but I've won the trust back that I can make the record I want to make. Even if it's all over the place, I'm going to make it work and they're not going to tell me no, you know? Yeah. Um, and so he did it. Um, here I am. Who does this remind me? First of all, the other side of town, another record if would have fit on. Oh yeah. Sorry. I forgot. It's train. It's right. I, the, yes, that is the that is the answer. obvious that that's where the sun the sun like, fits. Right, like if you told me this was a cover from a long time ago, I would have believed you if I didn't have any reason to know any differently. Right, for sure. Um, just because he he does that so well, he transcends both different like styles and genres, but also time periods. You know, like mm-hmm. you couldn't tell. Here's a song he wrote when he was a teenager in the 70s, and I'd be like, I wouldn't have known he didn't just write that. 
And then the opposite can be true too, yeah. right? Yeah, and he wrote this song yesterday. And it's like, really? It sounds like something he would have been playing in like a house. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, so here I am. We're getting closer to the end now. Mm-hmm. Um, does this remind you of of any other band? I'm just curious. Mm, I don't know. I am What's thinking remind you of? Bob Mould's work in Sugar, specifically. I've never listened to Sugar. Oh, dude. They're on the list. Okay. Should I? Yeah. Should I send you some sugar track? You know, I I think Tom might have made a Bob Mould playlist, but that has like you know some. I like Husker Du. I I don't. So so here's this is what I was about to say. I like Husker Du. I love Sugar. Okay. So I think I I think Sugar's the better band, and so um, the 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 rock and vibe of this. And not the vocals so much, but some of like the cadence mm-hmm. reminds me a lot of um, some of what Bob Mould did, like the later work in okay. Sugar and his solo records. So um, I'll send you some. I'll send you some tracks that I think you might dig. I want to say I have a couple of Sugar records saved and downloaded that I'm working my way towards getting around. I've been doing this thing where I've been listening to, like, because I got shit downloaded on Spotify. I go to the thing I've had downloaded the longest and I'm making myself listen in that order because there's things that have just been lost in the mix. Like I I listened to Teenage Wrist today for the first time. What did you think? It's good. I like it a lot. I think I'm going to buy the record. Dude, I like, I, that was one of my top listens of last year, actually. Not Um, that record. I listened to Chrome Neon Jesus. Oh, Chrome Neon Jesus. Oh, it's great. Not the most recent record. No, yeah. I, I had that one downloaded longer. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to check it out. Dude, I like Teenage Wrist a lot. Um, I feel like, I mean, I'm not on top of things anymore, but they, they had a really, really good buzz. I went and saw them here and there were not a lot of people there, which was surprising hmm. to me. Um, I, they were great. Um, this was last summer, I think. Um, I mean, dude, I saw rival schools in, in Louisville with 12 people. Wow. It was sad. A kid in a yeah. Gorilla Biscuits shirt left before they played. It's like, my, dude. The guy's I, here. I was like, dude, I I know you made a conscious choice to put that shirt on tonight and wear it he here. Knew. What? How could he not know? I don't know. They left after uh, Balance and Composure. Dude, that's wild. It was crazy. I felt like I was I'm, going crazy. Yeah, that's like, is this like a fucking op, man? What's yeah. going on here? Dude, no. Yeah, I felt like I was being fucked with. Yeah, I don't usually want to be like, you know, I, I've 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 long since passed getting mad about other people's taste, right? Because that's uh-huh. like whatever. But when I hear stuff like that, I'm like, what, what the fuck doing? is wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's wow. Uh-huh. That's wild to me. Yeah. Rival Schools is doing a lot of cool stuff this year. Um, would love put to out see some stuff, yeah. And I think, I think, put out a vinyl release that went like that. Like I don't they, they, uh, run for cover reissue. Run for uh, cover reissue. Yeah, that's right. And I, I'm pretty sure it was all gone. I got one as soon as. I, of course, you did. I think Tom got one too. Um, I didn't get the special one. You get the special one. And I got. I mean, speaking of all, I did. I did. Uh, 
buy some of the quicksand stuff, including the fucking book. You got um, the book one? I missed yeah, that. Dude, fucking rules. Yeah. I, I mean, missed I, that. And then they put up more. And I was like, well, I already bought the one that doesn't have the book. I'm not yeah, buying to. I wouldn't have gone back. But yeah, I, that was just thankfully because I have good friends like, you know, Tom Sheehan and Nick Acosta who like will text reminders when stuff goes up because otherwise I like mm -hmm. wouldn't think about it at all. Um, not because I don't care. Nick Acosta. But, good, good dude. Good dude. Good dude. We were fucking with him so hard today. It was great. Um, For what? Just being him, man. Okay. Do you know I used to be his boss? No. <laughs> when he first started teaching, I was his supervisor. Um, and we just talked about hardcore, as you can possibly imagine. Because in my the entirety of this program I've been in, which included thousands of teachers, he was the only other only hardcore, hardcore kid, kid I ever okay. met. And that's how we, unless other people were like really good at keeping it a secret, which fuck them if that's what yeah. they were doing. Um, the story though behind it, I, this is good. And if anybody's listened this far, you're going to stick with us because you yeah. know us. So, we only got one song left after this one. We only got one song left, but it's one I really am excited to talk about. In for part of our summer training that I was running this year, we were in like the, like orientation week, right? Where like people were showing up, but like we hadn't actually started classes yet. Um, and so we, you know, everybody was like dressed casually. It was summertime. This was 2008. I had a verse shirt on. Um, and, you know, that's dated. That's dated. Right. But that of the time it was. Yeah. Verse was hot shit then. And I really liked it. I also liked what feeds the fire. Um, so, uh, I think I'd gone to like versus record release for aggression earlier that mm -hmm. year or yeah, I think that's right. I hate I think, that record. But okay. Well, you know, I really liked it at the time, but it was very of the time. I like um, the ones before that. Yeah. I think I liked the ones before it better too. Anyway, I had a verse shirt on versus mm -hmm. a band I liked. I was walking around the campus of St. John's university out in Queens talking to one of my coworkers who I had a crush on. We were like talking about work. At some point, and there's a lot of people around, right? It's not like we're just alone. Like there's crowds, there's people milling about, there's people like going to get food. You know, there's a lot of people around. It's like a very active day. And we walk past this group and I'm like totally oblivious because I'm like talking to her, right? And she goes, I think that guy was trying to talk to you. And I was like, what guy? Like, I don't, like, I don't like, I, like, it wasn't being a dick, you know, yeah, like, I didn't see anybody. Out. I didn't yeah. see anybody. The next day, I'm meeting with my group, right? Like, this is the group of teachers I'm going to be supervising for this time period. He has on a bad brains shirt. So I go up to him immediately because the first, you know, it's like there were mm -hmm. no other hardcore kids around. I'm like, dude, what's up? I'm Brian. Like, oh my God, I love, I love bad brains. And he goes, yeah, man, were you wearing a verse shirt yesterday? And I go, yeah. And he was like, I tried to talk to you and you just like walked right by me. <laughs> you snubbed him. And I was like, dude, but it's so that just, that set the tone for our entire relationship basically. Cause I was just like, I would joke about it, like legitimately I didn't see him. Like I wasn't yeah. just like, I don't want to talk to this dude or whatever. Like I, I mean, and I felt like a dick, but, um, that was just such a funny thing because he was like so surprised that I was like, dude, what's up? Because he felt yeah. like the day before I had like straight up like been like whatever. And I'm like, dude, no. And so um, 
That's yeah, so like funny. I was his I was his boss, but like two weeks later, we were going to see Have Heart and Foundation together. You know what I mean? So um, shout out. He's one of my best friends. Great dude. I wish he had stayed in New York longer, but he has built a beautiful life for himself in Chicago with a lovely family. Thank you, Nick. Fuck yeah. Nick's Fuck great. Fuck yeah. Nick's great. Um, you want to talk about Fort Worth Blues? Well, so for here I am, I, 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 don't I keep know if, doing this. I'm sorry. Man. No, no, no. You're good. Out. I don't know if I said anything about it. <laughs> I think we just got off talking about I was sugar. Like, I was we started like, talking about sugar and then we, we got way off like, on. Do you like to... Bob Mould? Do you like Walter? Fuck yeah. <laughs> Next. All right. Forward, please. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, for, for here I am. I think it's just an excellent rock and roll song. Um, Guitar tone sick, uh, drum sound bangs, uh, backing vocals add a lot. Um, and I, I think I wrote like this song really boosts the energy at the end of the record. I mm. think it really like re-engages me to like, like if I'm kind of trailing off at all, this song brings yeah. me back up. I think it's just such a cool, like, I mean, the the stuff you're saying that like makes you think of sugar, like the way the intro comes in and the cadence of the vocals and everything it's just great um and this song would fit on revolution starts now yep mm -hmm. dude i'm so glad you did that you like yeah you nailed it that i went rules. in on this one you really so fort did. worth blues that rules fort worth blues so this is um this is what i was gonna pick as your favorite and it's what was my runner-up behind poison Lovers. that's what i figured um i mean God damn it. So we talked earlier about towns dying and this was the, you know, in, you can think in so many ways, like a lot of this record is a tribute to him, but this song is explicitly um, a tribute to him written in Galway. And I don't know if you saw, I, I want to hear your thoughts on this Tyler, but I could share quickly. It was the following year. Um, that Steve played on an episode of Austin city limits. Mm -hmm. um, and in the intro to the song, he said, this song was written in Galway because I did a solo tour last winter. I left about a week and a half after towns died. I went to all these countries I had never been to before. And almost every place I played towns had just been through. It seems on this run that he had done just the November before and a lot of get, people gave me a lot of pictures and it just seemed that I couldn't get away from him on that run. Um, so like, you know, that kind of was a little bit of what I was thinking when I was like, God, Towns, you couldn't find him anywhere, but he was also everywhere all at once. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Beautiful song. Yeah. I wrote down like a thing that kind of talks about this song. What you just said is so much better than what this guy just kind of wrote about it. Well, do you don't want to, I mean, I literally, I no. pulled this off of no. genius.com. Somebody thankfully in the, like about by the lyrics wrote what Steve um, had said about it. Wrote what? Yeah. Transcribed his intro. Yeah, I mean, from he wrote Austin kind of City the Lights. same thing, just like, yeah. you know, just like railing off all these town names, but like nothing could shake the, a hometown blues feeling or whatever and i'm like you know what never mind but that is so that is so that's such more harrowing take yeah. on this song dude couldn't escape him and i just there were so many it's, this is another song too 
similar to Christmas in Washington, where when I started trying to just like highlight the lines that were my favorites, I realized that I had highlighted the majority no. of the song. <laughs> but like, God, you used to say the highway was your home, but we both know that ain't true. It's just the only place a man can go when he don't know where he's traveling to. Wow. It's beautiful, dude. Yeah. I, uh, this song definitely hits different. I, cause I didn't know the song was about towns before doing mm. this exercise. Mm. Yeah. I've listened to this song a million times and I just never knew it was about towns until reading the book and mm. doing this, this exercise. So I think like this hits, like I wrote, I've probably listened to this record between 50 and a hundred times. Wow. <laughs> like That's in that, I've probably listened, like I've listened to it close to a hundred now. Yeah, like, that's amazing, dude. Um, and and just this, I feel dumb like not knowing that until now. But uh, but yeah, um, one of my feelings on this song, I, it reminds me of John Prine. Mm, yeah. Um, I just I, I don't know. It's really it's really good. I I definitely think like this would be my third favorite song. I think Christmas in Washington still beats this song, but it's also just because I don't like being sad. <laughs> Even though Christmas in Washington is a sad song too. <laughs> I was about to say, dude, you don't, because I fucking love it. I can't get enough. Um, I actually don't either, but then I constantly do things that make me that Find way. Find yourself drawn to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and just hell, you mentioning John Prine even, like that's an, another person we've lost just in, re I feel like he died right around the beginning of COVID. Yeah. Um, in 2020. Um, I don't know if it was of COVID, but pretty early on in there i remember um because i also remember it was during that time where like an in-person like memorial had to be delayed because it was at the time when like nobody was doing any kind of gatherings like that spring yeah. right um but just like another one of these like great voices of the 20th century gone and not gone too soon let a full life mm -hmm. and all yeah, that but he just, really kept kicking he, he did but just part recording of like, up until like the last year of his life it's crazy yeah just part of like the older we get, the more that's just going to keep happening. Um, mm -hmm. Such is life. But yeah, you know, I'm Tyler. I mean, you, you said you felt dumb. I don't one, you shouldn't feel dumb, but I'm I mean, wondering it's because I've listened to this record so many times. Yeah. But I think <laughs> like I go, cause you know, when I'm, it's been, it's an interesting contrast from when I'm listening to something like that I'm familiar with, but then like just putting different ears on because I want to get ready mm -hmm. to talk about it. Yeah. Versus this, where it's like I'd listen through and then I'd listen through again, like looking for information. Yeah. So part of me is like, that's been cool because it's like a kind of deep focused listen, but also like I'm not figuring anything out on my own. Right. You know, mm -hmm. like I'm, I'm like, checking the the notes from right on. So I was able on my second listen to go, oh, this song's about towns. That makes sense. Um, it's it not makes like a I lot had, of sense now that yeah, knowing right. that. So, so it's not like I had some revelation. I literally just like cheated. You know what I mean? And, and looked up yeah. what there was to be found about it. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, this record is just great, man. I, it's not, it's not my top five, but I do like one of the things I, I wrote that I was like, when with thinking about this record in its whole is i think i i think it gets a play every month that's incredible i think i listen to it every month i mean that's once that's telling a lot of like all the records that one could listen to um 
over that amount of time, even if it's not in your top five, that's still pretty incredible. Yeah. So. And this song would, uh, would fit on transcendental blues. That works too. That mm -hmm. works too. I think so. this, uh, yeah, like I said, I, I, I need to go back through and take a more comprehensive view, but this is definitely for being a record. I wasn't familiar with this is shaken up my standings. So I don't know yet where it's ultimately going to fall, mm -hmm. but, um, it's up there. Well, and hey, there's, man, there's yeah. one thing at the end of all. Of, so on the, the side where I read that forward or whatever, mm -hmm. there's all the credits cover art by Tony Fitzpatrick again, which the cover art's fucking great. It's perfect. Check out the pictures on the Instagram. It's a really cool layout. Um, but at the very, very last thing underneath of all of the different credits and whatnot, it says to towns. See you when I get there, maestro. Downs is maestro. Mm -hmm. Justin's cowboy. Um, man, what a perfect ending. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> thanks again to everybody listening. Thanks to you, Tyler, for, I mean, coming up with this whole project. Cause I've, I'm just so glad that El Corazon is part of my Steve rotation now. Fantastic record. Dude, um, me too. I'm glad I'm, it was so fun getting to be with you in your first time experience in this. Yeah, man, that rule. And I mean, we're getting into a period where there's going to be a little more of that than there had been um, previously. So stoked for that. Well, y'all, thanks as always for listening. This has been Hardcore Troubadour. We will see you next time. Later.